0: Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him.
0: Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's
2: fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time.
0: Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise! be of Jesus
3: Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You have survived it. Congratulations. You made it through the whole week. God is so very good. The weekend is upon us. And just imagine the opportunity to rest, relax, to get after that honey-do list over the weekend. I mean, uh, who knows? But it's also first Friday and first Saturday, so you get an opportunity to wake up tomorrow morning early and uh, go to Holy Mass and do the first Saturday devotions, too. Praise be to God for that. I know we are. We're looking forward to that. And I think we're going to take a special trip out to Cabela's. How many of you have been to Cabela's? Raise your hand. Is it not the most amazing, like outdoor sports world store on planet Earth? I think so. I'm looking forward to getting back to Cabela. We don't have one near us. It's like a two hour hike. It's well worth it, though. Uh, it's, it's worth every single mile because there's probably a Bucky's or two along the way. And for, if you're not from Texas and you don't know what Bucky's is, Boy, do I feel bad for you. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you,
4: Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's Friday. It is Friday, praise and be it's, to God. Uh, yet it's still good to be here, even though and it is still, Friday. Uh, in spite of it all. In spite of it all, it's still
3: it's good, still to, be good to be here. <laughs> Janice is not here today. She is uh, hiking in the Carolinas. So uh, praise be to God for that. Hopefully, she's sleeping in and having a restful weekend, but we're going to uh, have a great show today. In fact, we have a very special guest on our program uh, today. Have you ever asked the question of her thought, and maybe for those who have served in the military, uh, we have thought about this as Catholics, how hard is it, how incredibly difficult is it to remain in a state of grace when you are in combat? when you're actively serving in a combat role well to answer that question United States Navy SEAL and Medal of Honor recipient Edward uh, Byers Jr is going to be on our program he is a retired master chief from the US Navy and, and was given uh, awarded the Medal of Honor by President Obama on behalf of his gallantry his heroic and incredible actions in 2012 to save an American citizen in Afghanistan. So he's going to be on the program today to talk about that uh that moment in time where he and his brothers he lost a Uh, He he lost a fellow seal in that action, actually, so he's going to tell us about that story and what it's like to try to be someone living in a state of grace. How often can you get to confession, Holy Mass, and all the rest? We're going to have that conversation with Edward Byers coming up at 35 past the hour. We will, will, of course, have several stories to talk about in the What's Concerning Us section. There is a a bishop, an archbishop, in fact, in Indonesia who uh, claims that if you don't get the vaccine, you are committing sin. Is that the case? We'll look into that story. And there are all kinds of people absolutely freaking out uh, still over the Texas heartbeat bill on the uh, U.S. Capitol. So we may talk about some of those stories, of course. And then uh, the uh, current administration is trying to um, threaten people who, like for instance, Border Patrol, uh, to say if you don't get the vaccination, you're going to be fired. Well, this comes at a time when uh, Mayorkas is saying. Hey, listen, we don't have nearly enough resources to manage the border crisis, so we're just not going to manage it all that well. So this is a big, very concerning story these days. Uh, of course, we know about the United Airlines workers, that they've laying off hundreds. I think it was like 500-some workers have been laid off there. Hundreds and hundreds of medical staff from hospitals in various states have been laid off. I mean, it's becoming a major crisis, not to mention there's lots of inflation on the horizon as well. So all good news today on this Friday, praise be to God, we will have some good news in the second hour and the game show. And today is the day when we pull the winner out of the coffee cup of divine providence, which it's now my job. It's, uh, today is my job to pull that, so we're looking forward to that in the next hour for all of those that are able to join us. If you're hanging out with us on a live video feed today, thank you for doing it. Make sure to hit that like button and share us today with a friend. That would be amazing. If you're listening on Catholic Radio, no matter where you are on planet Earth, listening on Catholic Radio, we're grateful to you. Uh, do us a favor and share that radio station with your neighbors, with your friends, your family members. Put a bumper sticker on your car and uh, and support your local Catholic radio station. It really does make the world of difference. So thank you for supporting evangelization. All right, so that's the deal. We're going to jump in. We're going to pray. We're going to get started. And uh, I'm covering the news today. So let's do this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known The Hill is reporting White House says it's closer to an agreement than ever after House punts on the infrastructure vote. The White House on Thursday said Democrats were closer to an agreement than ever after Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat from California, was forced to abort a planned vote on bipartisan infrastructure bill in the face of opposition from progressive members of the party. House Democrat leader uh, late Thursday postponed a vote yet again on the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill amid threats from progressives to tank it as leverage for a separate, much larger package that contains party priorities on health care, education and climate policies. Breitbart reporting senator diane feinstein on wednesday proposed legislation that would require proof of coronavirus vaccination or a negative coronavirus test in order to fly domestically ahead of the holiday season the bill has won the support of the infectious diseases society of america and the american public health association feinstein said she says quote we can't allow upcoming holiday air travel to contribute to another surge in COVID cases Today, I introduced legislation requiring passengers on domestic flights to be vaccinated, test negative, or be fully recovered from a previous COVID illness, unquote. The USA Today is reporting that a Florida high school crowns its first transgender homecoming queen, saying, quote, you can be whoever you want to be, unquote. The man's name is Evan. He's a senior at Olympia High School in Orlando, Florida, and was elected homecoming queen by his peers. He told the USA Today that at first he thought it would be kind of cool if I ran for homecoming court. But then he said uh, he started getting more support from his friends and classmates, including another student running for homecoming king who he said supported him on social media. Quote, I know it's not the biggest deal, but to me, it just felt like... Wow, that's a relief. A weight lifted off my chest knowing that I'm not disliked, unquote. The Washington Times are reporting that the court revives government's powers to expel illegal immigrants during the pandemic. A federal appeals court issued an order Thursday preserving the government's powers to expel illegal immigrants who jumped the border during the pandemic. A lower court judge has ruled the expulsions known as Title 42 authority Illegal, but the Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia put his ruling on hold pending more arguments. Title 42 is a finding by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention that the pandemic is so bad that illegal immigrants uh, would be allowing them in would be a serious health risk. Fox News is reporting that the Senate confirms eco terrorist linked Biden nominee who endorsed population control. The Senate confirmed President Biden's embattled eco-terrorist link nominee who endorsed population control to lead the Bureau of Land Management. In a 50-45 party line vote, Tracy Stone Manning was confirmed as the director of BLM on Thursday evening. The vote came amid a cacophony of political noise blaring from the White House's compounding crisis and debate on the infrastructure bill with the Senate Democrats slipping the controversial nominee's confirmation through. Also, I saw breaking news this morning that uh, Merck is saying they've come out with a pill that should do away with those pesky COVID uh, vaccination side effects. Is it true? I have no idea. But those are your headline news. And now for the Saint of the Day.
4: The Saint of the Day is Blessed Cecilia Giuseppe. She was born on the seventeenth of February in nineteen ten in Monte Romano, Viterbo, in Italy. Was, she was the youngest of eleven children. Cecilia was baptized at the age of nine days old. <laughs> Seems kind of late. And her fathers died when she was when her and her father, not fathers, died when she was two months old. On the sixth of January nineteen fifteen, the family moved to a small farm near Nepi, Italy, and came under the care of a maternal uncle. Cecilia received confirmation on the 27th of May 1917 and made her first communion on the 2nd of October. She was educated in the Cistercian Convent School and in 1922 she joined the Servants of Mary, the Servites, as a secular tertiary receiving the scapular at the San Tolimo Servi Church and took the name Maria Angela, Member of Catholic Action. Cecilia was drawn to religious life and against her family's wishes, she became a Servite postulant in 1923. She studied in Rome in Pistoia and in Zara from 1923 to 1926. She was hoping to become a missionary, but contracted tuberculosis and on the 23rd of October 1926, she returned to the family farm. Though her health deteriorated, she became known for her spiritual insights and was a counselor to seminarians and members of a Catholic action. Local priests would ask her opinion on homilies that they were planning. Her spiritual director, the Servite priest Gabriel Rosheni, instructed her to keep a journal of her life and relationship with Christ. It covered the period of the 29th of May, 1927 to the 12th of September, 1928, and was published as Storia de un pagliaccio Story of a Clown. She died on the first of October, 1928, in Nepi Viterbo, Italy, of tuberculosis. She predicted the date of her death following a dream about Saint Teresa hmm, who's also his feast day is today. She died singing a hymn to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and was beatified on the 17th of June, 2012, by Pope Benedict XVI. Blessed Cecilia Giuseppe, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today
3: comes to us from Luke chapter 10 verses 13 through 16. Jesus said to them, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven Will you go down to the netherworld? Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The gospel of the Lord. Oh, Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. More talk of judgment here. He's talking to his, his apostles, by the way. And uh, we see more talk of judgment. You know, in a day and an age where so many Catholics doubt The existence of hell doubt the existence of eternal damnation i think it's more important than ever that we listen to the words of our lord and savior jesus christ very carefully the ignatius catholic commentary said of these particular verses it's a reference to isaiah 6 9 through 10 in context god commissioned isaiah to preach judgment to the israelites for their covenant infidelity similarly Jesus uses parables to proclaim God's judgment on the faithless of his generation. St. Ambrose said, Our Lord warns us that they will meet with a heavier punishment who have refused to follow the gospel than those who have chosen to break the law. Unquote St. Ambrose. Haydock's commentary. It, I asked the question to myself this morning and I was reading it. Why Capernaum? What is going on with these towns? Hadock's commentary points out, And thou, Capernaum, Capernaum is situated on the western coast of the Sea of Tiberias. Christ, having left Nazareth, made the former city the usual place of his abode. There was no city in which he had preached so much or wrought so many miracles. On this account, he said it was exalted to the heavens, but for its incredulity, he threatens it shall be cast down even unto hell. Let that sink in. Uh, the venerable bead says Corazan, Besseda, Capernaum, Tiberius also, which John mentions are cities of Galilee situated on the shore of the lake of Gennesaret, which is called by the evangelist the Sea of Galilee or Tiberius. Our Lord thus mourns over these cities, which are after such great miracles and wonders, repented not. Let us not be in that category. You have breath in your lungs, you get an opportunity to repent. Let's do that today. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way.
4: Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations, offering their clients a faith based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you
5: the next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time.
3: We are killing unborn children by the millions.
1: Yet how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone?
5: Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, retired Navy Master Chief Edward Byers Jr., Medal of Honor recipient, U.S. Navy SEAL combat veteran, is going to be our guest. I'm very excited. I can't wait to talk to him. He's also a a committed Catholic. And we're going to talk about what it's like to be a Catholic working in that kind of environment. Uh, How hard is it to remain in a state of grace, especially when you're deployed in combat? Do you have access to the sacraments of confession, holy mass? Uh, I wonder. Uh, Plus, we'll have him uh, tell us the story how on December the 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, he was tasked, along with his teammates, uh, one of which died in, in in the mission to save an American in Afghanistan. That's all coming up at 35 past the hour. There are several stories in the Uh, What's concerning a section that I want to talk about. But let me start by saying uh, we took another strike from Facebook or from YouTube rather yesterday on our GRN online channel. So we typically stream live to the GRN online channel and then we uh, we put up the little edited pieces of the interviews to our Catholic drive time YouTube channel. Most recently I have been taking some of these what's concerning us segments and putting them up on a separate channel uh under Joe McClain. We're having to diversify here because YouTube is just not allowing us to have the kinds of conversations about the kinds of topics that we really want to talk about we that we feel are important because they're the biggest issues in our day and our time and to to tie our hands to muzzle us because we may have an opinion contrary to the uh, approved d- approved script we think is an injustice. So we are on the verge at this point with two strikes on both channels, one more strike on any one of those channels, and they get deleted completely. Uh, please do me a favor. Make sure you're connected to your local Catholic Drive Time, your local radio station and the Catholic Drive Time. Make sure you're on their email list. Make sure you're in their text list. Why? Because, because we want to harass you? No. Because we're living in a day and a time where voices like ours are being uh, uh, hampered, muzzled, not able to, to reach the masses. So it's important to make sure we have clear, clear lines of communication. So right now we are live streaming on Odyssey, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Of course, we're streaming across 50-plus radio stations right now. Praise be to God. Thank you, Station of the Cross. Thank you, Guadalupe Radio Network and others. Plus, we have our live stream right on our webpage, and we are live streaming right now on the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel. Um, So please, make sure you're plugged in there. Make sure you uh, have clear lines of communication, because we don't get to control these digital assets. All right, let's jump into some stories here. There's one right out of Indonesia that I found very, very concerning. This comes to us from the Union of Catholic Asian News, UCA News, UCANews.com. com. headline goes: Indonesian Archbishop attacks sinning anti-vaxxers. Refusing COVID-19 vaccines is a sin as it puts others at risk, according to an archbishop in Indonesia. The article reads like this. I'm sharing my desktop, by the way, Adrian, people who refuse to be vaccinated against COVID-19 are sinners for engaging other people, according to an Indonesian archbishop who has been infected with the virus. He says, quote, let's not say that I don't need to be vaccinated. If you don't want to be vaccinated, you are actually a sinner because you will become a source of the disease for other people, unquote, said Archbishop uh, of uh uh, in Indonesia, I'm not going to try to obliterate this poor man's name. Uh, I won't say it correctly, and I feel like people need, deserve to have their names said correctly. So Petrus, we're going to call him Archbishop Petrus. He was speaking at a Mass at the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus in church in the um, Maluku. I guess that's one of the islands there in the Indonesia on September September the 22nd. He invited his flock to think about the impact of COVID-19, which has killed millions of people worldwide. He says, quote, If we are not careful, everyone will die from COVID-19, said Archbishop, who is also the apostolic administrator of the Ambonia Diocese. The Archbishop also urged his flock to think about their health and the health of others, including telling smokers to stop so that they do not fall victim to the virus, saying, quote, In the context of, of uh Papua there is a long standing mistrust among Papuans regarding the government so vaccines are viewed as suspicion unquote well here's my question you can read the rest of the article by the way over there at uh uca news ucanews.com so if not getting the vaccine is because you have a religious uh informed conscience then you have an exemption that you're you know, because you don't want to participate in a medical treatment that is a, tainted with the uh, aborted fetuses like why wow, we wouldn't want to do that right we wouldn't so but if you had a religious exemption along those lines um so you're a sinner if that's the case archbishop uh, so you mentioned smoking are you saying then that smokers are in fact Sinners, are they actually do they have to confess that in the confessional? I'm just curious. Is smoking tobacco, because it can cause cancer, not only for you, secondhand smoke for others, which means it can harm them, Does, are they, do they have to confess that? What about people driving in their cars, looking at their phones, or texting and, and reading emails and such while they're driving? Are they, in fact, sinning because they're harming other people? Do they have to confess that in the confessional? I mean, I, I bet I can come up with a whole ton of examples that might fall one way or the other on that spectrum, right? Or even fall s- squarely in the middle in the gray area. For instance, how about uh, how about the flu? The flu up until twenty twenty was killing tens of thousands of people in the United States every single year, let alone worldwide. And there were no mandates for that. There were no calls for uh, sinners or confession as a result to to that. So I don't understand. I, I, I'm still at a loss here because of the disproportionality of the argument uh, on one level. On another level, there's the, still the issue that remains about aborted fetal tissue being used in either research or development testing uh, of most of these vaccines. So, Catholic, there's a lot of Catholics who just simply don't want to, part, let alone other Christians who do not want to participate in that uh, whatsoever. There's many bishops worldwide who would have a contrary opinion. So where are we at then? Where does that leave the lay faithful Catholic who has to make a decision? Because you have uh, high-ranking prelates over here and prelates over here, and they are at odds with each other, and we're stuck in the middle with with a lack of clarity. And everybody's picking and choosing sides. I mean, this is some good Catholic guilt, I think. Some good old-fashioned Catholic guilt going down here. uh, Calling people sinners if they have, uh, through their informed conscience said, uh, I don't want to participate in this number one, because of the abortion issue. Number two, I, we don't know the long, long lasting effects of, of all of this. We have no idea what this does and we don't want to participate in that. And somehow they are now sinners. I, it's incredible to me. It's really, really incredible to me. Um, there's some stories out on the border issue today. Uh, I read one in the, the news break, in fact, about, um, the the border crisis and how uh, a judge has upheld the title 42 saying the federal government can prevent immigrants from coming over the border as though they needed that because that's part of their job. But anyway, uh, they can prevent that because in a pandemic, according to the CDC, it's just too risky for, for immigrants to be coming here. So, uh, so there's that, but then here's this story. Um, Biden admin spells out vaccine or termination process for border patrol out of Breitbart News. So, like United Airlines, like the hospitals we've been talking about uh, that are laying off their medical workers, New York is among them. There's been other states that have done the same thing. Well, um, the U.S. Border Patrol is now saying, you don't get the vax, you're going to uh, be terminated. There's another story I'm going to read in the next news break about how Mayorkas is saying they don't have enough personnel to manage the crisis on our border, there's been a report out yesterday that 60,000 uh, Haitians are now moving f- north towards our border because the last 15,000 living under that bridge in Del Rio wasn't good enough, I guess. So the article I'm about to read in the next break says, uh, come November, anybody who comes across after November, that's when they're going to start trying to to push back. So you're sending kind of a clear message that says you got, you got at least a whole month to try to get across that border without problems. So if we don't have enough resources to deal with our crisis, why would we lay off the very people tasked with dealing with our crisis? Why would we get rid of the kind of people we need to help us secure our border? Again, I've said this many times, I feel like there ought to be a way to have sensible border policy to let the good guys in and keep the bad guys out. And we can never, we never see, never seem to find that. It just always seems to elude us some way, somehow. Maybe it's because politics is what drives our policies rather than common sense. And that's a big issue for me. Here's another story out of the Blaze Media. There is a lot of, uh, crazy, crazy stuff going down on Capitol Hill as a result to the heartbeat bill in Texas, which I know many other states are looking at as well. They're like, this, this may work. I mean, there's now some almost 3000 lives have been saved as a result, just so far as a result of the heartbeat bill in the state of Texas. Well, Rep Presley, I think think she's from Massachusetts, claims that abortion prohibit prohibitions rather are rooted in patriarchy and white supremacy. Is that the case? Is abortion really a white supremacist thing? Hmm. Maybe it's because a disproportionate amount of of African American children are aborted. Maybe it's because a disproportionate amount of children of color find themselves murdered in abortion. Why is that? What are the causes that lead up to the point where uh, a mom has to make a decision and the only choice, and many times that she's offered, is the abortion. What are those, uh, what does that process look like? Have we even asked that? No, because we ignore all of that point. We only look at the point of abortion. And then and and they make these crazy claims. She says, or this article goes on to say, Democrat Rep. Presley from Massachusetts said during a House committee... On oversight and reform hearing on Thursday, that abortion bans are grounded in patriarchy and white supremacy. She dec- uh, decried a Texas law that took effect this month, which prohibits conducting abortions after a fetal heartbeat has been detected, except in the case of medical emergency. The legislation allows people to lodge a civil action against those who fail to comply with the law and stipulates that if the claimant prevails, the court should should award statutory damages of at least 10,000 per violation. Quote, we find ourselves in the midst of an unprecedented wave of coordinated attacks on the reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy. And texan texas is horrendous and extreme she says sb8 abortion ban underscores the urgency of this moment the year 2021 has been the most devastating for abortion rights in american history presley said did, did you see that bodily autonomy the whole my body my choice doesn't work for vaccines now does it Tell that to the Border Patrol agents that are about to lose their jobs. The hundreds and hundreds of medical staff personnel who have lost their jobs. My body, my choice, huh? With college is. I guess it only applies to abortion. Which, by the way, it just so happens that the baby with the heartbeat has its own body. It ain't your body. It's the child's body that's going to lose its life. Let's pray for those. And the conversion of those that would support abortion. We'll be right back. More breaking news and stories, and Chief Fires is coming up next.
0: This is a messy family minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. As moms and dads, we're pulled in many directions. Our world is frantic and sometimes chaotic. We parents need to take a pause, take some time away to become more intentional in our Catholic family life. We suggest a tool that we call the family board meeting. This meeting's a time for you and your spouse to affirm each other in your giftedness, cast a vision framing what you want your family to look like,
6: and then set concrete goals to make that vision a reality.
0: More than ever, our world needs dynamic Catholic families. That only happens when parents are intentional about building a Catholic family culture within their home. Take time to build a culture that is stronger and more influential on your children than the culture of the world that surrounds
6: them. To help you run this board meeting, we've created a tool for you, a download at our website, MessyFamilyProject.org. Get the worksheet and then work with
0: your spouse to be more intentional in your family life.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Waterloo Bay Radio Network, and I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host Joe McLean, and these are your headline news. The Epoch Times reports U.S. service members file a lawsuit against Department of Defense over vaccine requirement. Two U.S. service members have filed a lawsuit against Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to bring an end to his requirement that all troops must receive the COVID-19 vaccine. As a part of that, they have called for exemptions based on natural immunity. Army Staff Sergeant Dan Robert, an infantryman at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, and Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Holly Mulvihill An air traffic controller at Marine Corps Air Station New River in North Carolina filed the lawsuit in the U.S. District Court of Colorado on August the 17th. The filing names Austin as defendant alongside Secretary of Health and Human Services Xavier Becerra and Janet Woodcock, acting commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration. LifeSite is reporting Texas Governor Abbott shuts down proposed exceptions to heartbeat law Goal is to protect every child, he says. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott has rejected a proposal to add exceptions for rape and incest to the heartbeat-based abortion ban the Lone Star State enacted in early September, making clear the law's purpose was to, quote, protect every child with a heartbeat, unquote. Last week, Republican state rep Lyle Larson, who voted for the heartbeat law, introduced legislation to add rape and incest exceptions, claiming in a letter to Abbott that it was, quote, common sense fix, unquote. Fox News host Chris Wallace asked the governor about this during his Sunday interview. Abbott responded, quote, well, we've got to go back to what the reason was why the law was passed in the first place. And the goal is to protect the lives of every child with a heartbeat, unquote, Abbott responded. The Blaze is reporting that the U.S. Defense Department reports that 580 service members committed suicide in 2020. The U.S. Department of Defense on Thursday released its calendar year 2020 annual suicide report, which revealed the tragic news that 580 service members took their own lives last year. The suicides include... 384 uh, among the active component, 77 among the reserve, and 119 among the National Guard. May God grant them eternal rest. The Blaze is also reporting: Biden administration, um, the Biden administration, announces new restrictions on immigration, deportation, and arrests. The new guidelines, published in a memo by Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Thursday, ordered the Department of Immigration and Customs Enforcement to limit arrests and deportations to those who pose a threat to security. Quote, we do not have the resources to apprehend and seek the removal of every one of those non-citizens. Unquote, read the memo. He goes on to say, "Therefore, we need to exercise our discretion and determine whom to prioritize for immigration enforcement action." Unquote. The memo also says that migrants who illegally cross the U.S.-Mexico border after November the first are prioritized for deportation. The Pillar is reporting that the former Cardinal Betchiu says money transfers to Australia are classified and unrelated to the Pell trial. You might recall that this was a big case. Uh, He was in fact removed from the College of Cardinals by Pope Francis. The article goes on to say, four international wire transfers from 2016 to 2017, which total more than two million Australian dollars are under investigation by financial authorities in Australia because they raised red flags amid an audit of financial transfers between the two jurisdictions. Cardinal Betsy, lawyer on Wednesday, told the Pillar that the transfers are, quote, official activities of the secretary of state, which by nature are classified and couldn't be possibly commented upon, unquote. The money was sent to the Melbourne offices of technology and security company Newstar, and uh, it was alleged that they were used to help uh, blackmail Cardinal Pell, who was acquitted of all uh, the charges and crimes. But uh, what was it, two years into it, uh, solitary confinement. And those are your headline news for this morning. Praise be to God. Uh, Coming up in just a moment now, we're going to be speaking with retired Master Chief and Navy SEAL Edward Byers about his gallantry. And he was awarded the Medal of Honor by President Barack Obama for his actions on the feast day, the Immaculate Conception, in 2012 in Afghanistan. He'll recount that story for us. Uh, But we also want to talk to him about what it's like to be Catholic and in a unit of that nature, Navy SEALs and constant deployment and crazy situations. How does one maintain their state of grace going to confession, Holy mass, those kinds of questions. So all of that is coming up. I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, it was a pretty incredible harrowing tale of uh, rescuing this American hostage in just a few days um, from capture to rescue it's pretty powerful, and I guess he's joining us uh, by uh, by phone today, so praise be to God. Let's welcome him. Good morning to you, retired Master Chief Edward Byers Jr. Master Chief. Master Chief, are you there? Uh,
5: yeah, yes, hello. How's
3: it going? <laughs> praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Thanks for your time today. We're very grateful for yeah. you. Uh, pray, uh, can you start by just uh, recounting the the mission that you were on along with your fellow Navy SEALs that rescued that American that resulted in President Obama awarding you the Medal of Honor?
5: Sure, absolutely. I think uh, for the sake of the audience, it just would, it's probably beneficial just to take a step back in time for a moment and, and talk about how those events uh, led up to that. So in the year prior, which was 2011, uh my unit was over in Afghanistan. We were in you know, Jalalabad, Afghanistan, and we got some interesting individuals coming over to our, our base and said that we were going to take part in a, a very uh, special type of mission. And so <clears throat> that mission was on May 2nd of 2011, and that was the Bin Laden raid. And so, what came out of that was this just uh, euphoric feeling of really bringing home justice to so many people in America and and frankly around the world. Because what uh, what happened out of that was, you know, we, the events of 9/11 essentially in our in America's response to that was giving some validation to all those around the world who'd been affected by terrorism and, and nobody, you know, recognizing that as being a, a threat to uh, good order and discipline and society and general societal uh, practices and norms. And so just a few months later, uh, our same unit in August of 2011, August 6th, actually, Uh, we had the downing of Extortion 17, and Extortion 17 had on board uh, 30 Americans and a military working dog, and in an instant, we lost uh, 17 SEALs from our unit. And that was a monumental time in not only my personal life, but my professional life, and in Naval special warfare history as well as special operations history, because it was the single biggest loss of life ever. Um, And it surpassed even uh, the 16 Americans that were killed in turbine 33 in 2005, which later became the movie lone survivor. Mm. And so uh, what happened out of that time was we lost the way the military structure is, is called a troop. And so we lost an entire troop of people. So, A substantial portion of our unit was gone instantly, and we, the mil, our unit canvassed the greater organization and asked for uh, volunteers to come over and basically reconstitute uh, this new this troop, this two troop. And so, a few months later, I was selected. Uh, as one of those individuals to go and make up this new troop that was going to replace um, those incredible uh, men um, and try to carry on their legacy and, and and fill the shoes that frankly were were next impossible to fill and yeah. so a year a year later uh, and that you know, that valley where they got shot down was the Tangy Valley. At the time, it was the most dangerous place in Afghanistan. And so a year later, this newly reformed, you know, reconstituted troop deployed back overseas and uh, to the exact same base. And we were operating in the exact same area that that uh, helicopter was shot down just a little over a year prior. And that was uh, substantial to us because it it symbolizes the the strength and resilience of communities that are uh, unified through adversity. Mm. And it was a projection of strength from us being that we're going to go back to the same place because we need to. Uh, carry out their, their legacy and finish out, you know, in a Amen. symbolic way, that their deployment. So, you know, December 8th came around.
3: Hold, hold that thought, Master Chief, just yes. because we're we're very close to having to go to a very quick break here, a hard sure. break. We're talking with retired Master Chief Edward Byers, Jr., Medal of Honor, Catholic, Navy SEAL. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk to him about uh, that night, December the 8th, Feast of the Immaculate Conception. How he assisted his fellow Navy SEALs to rescue an American. Uh, you can find him on Instagram, by the way. Look for him at Edward C. Byers on Instagram. We'll be right back. Catherine drive time's coming up next.
0: Atheists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God. The assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. Atheism makes a claim about the world—namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Howdy, this is Adrian
4: Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern right here on the Bay Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, Praise be to God. We're talking with retired Navy Master Chief Edward Byers Jr., uh, Medal of Honor, a Catholic Navy SEAL. You can find him on Instagram, by the way. Look for him there, at Edward C. Byers. That's Edward C. Byers on Instagram. Check him out. Uh, Good morning to you again, Master Chief. Thank you again for your time. Thank you again for your service. But I want to cover a couple of bases in the next uh, 10 minutes, hopefully. But one is I want you to tell us the story of uh, December the 8th, 2012, the Feast of Immaculate Conception. But number two, I would love to know how hard really is it? I served in the Marine Corps. I wasn't Catholic at the time. Uh, But how hard is it as a Navy SEAL, Deployed in some of these extreme combat situations, how, and a Catholic, how how hard is it to live in a state of grace? How often do you get to the sacrament of confession and Holy Mass? I'm very curious. We got about ten minutes. What say you, Master Chief?
5: Yeah, thank thank you. So I, as I was saying, you know, the eighth of December came around, and we had been tracking for a couple of days that there was this uh, potential issue with a an, a an American in country, and so when we finally got enough fidelity on the target that uh, we knew that this was a hostage, you know, scenario we decided to execute on it. And so in this end extremist environment, we were operating on not a a entirely full picture, which is just a, a lesson point in life is you don't want to have analysis through paralysis. I mean, paralysis through analysis and in the fact, uh, and so we, decided to go out on this night and to do this. So, uh, you know, in, in 10 minutes, it's, I'm going to try to have to <laughs> push to do this as fast as possible. So uh, I just gave this speech yesterday at a forum and it, it took me about 20. So <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll work it as fast as possible. So, you know, that night we decided to go in and uh, what was interesting about this, this target was it was a, a building on the, on the, at the base of a mountain. And Mm -hmm. so one way coming in, it was, you know, you could see, you know, out through the land forever. And the other way was on the back coming down the backside of the mountain. And we, uh, we chose to come down the backside of the mountain. And so uh, there was points where we were literally, you know, turning around backwards and climbing down and using ladders and stuff like that to to climb down the face of it. And it, it really reminded me of a lot of, uh, uh, seals from Vietnam going in through the Mekong Delta in, in certain ways mm-hmm. when it was just a way that nobody would ever anticipated that you would come through. And so that actually put us back behind the timeline a little bit. And so, uh, when we finally got to our set point, you know, then we started to hear a call to prayer, uh, going out through the Valley. And, and that was like, okay, people are starting to, to wake up. And so we're really pressed for time and uh so leading out our patrol was uh nick check our our, our point man and i was the number two guy and as we were progressing up towards the target uh one of the one of the taliban who was you know holding holding guard where we thought the the american doctor was being held you know came out of the building and to go to the bathroom and him instantly you know had an ak-47 instantly nick check engaged with him and start, mm. we started spreading towards the door. We were probably, you know, 30 feet from the door at this time. And so we get on the door and it wasn't a door. It was a whole bunch of uh, heavy-duty ban- blankets layered within the door and cemented. That's worse. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely worse. And then, you know, this was still, it still was dark. You could see some beginning of uh, light off in the, in the distance, but it was definitely dark where we were at. And now we had shots fired. And so at this point, you know, we're in a hostage rescue scenario. And what's interesting about a hostage rescue mission, it's probably one of the hardest missions the military can conduct simply because you're a hero or zero in these scenarios. It's, you, you know, your entire team could get killed. Mm. And but if you rescue the hostage, then you're, you succeeded. But if the hostage gets killed, you've completely failed. And so that's the inherent risk we take at, the, at uh, the unit I was at, and as part of one of our, uh, you know, basically one of our mission sets that we have to be able to train to. And so, uh, as we try to navigate into the in through the blankets, we tried ripping them down, and they just wouldn't come down. You're talking a couple grown men, you know, hundreds of pounds each, trying to rip these blankets. They just would not come in, so we had to start pushing our way and weaving our way through this multiple layers of blankets. And then we went to our, as I entered in the door, I remember stepping over someone because there was shots being fired. And I went to my, I entered into my area of responsibility and imagine a building that's only one little window. There's no light in it, absolutely at all. Even night vision would have a hard time uh, looking, you know, breaking through and amplifying the the light, the little light that was in there. And I saw somebody at the very end of the the wall, and I was uh, they were leveling leveling up their AK, and I just oh. I beat I beat him, I beat them to it, and was uh, put a couple shots in and, and dropped them. And then I saw somebody else moving across the floor, and we were tracking a couple of hostages in the scenario, so we're studying you know facial recognition from this component, and and you know at this time. I did not know if that was one of the hostages. So somebody leveling the government at me, that's no no-brainer, but this person was moving towards weapons. And by the time I got to them, I had their hands on some weapons and I was able to literally get on top of them with my knees mm. and pin them down as I'm trying to adjust my uh, night vision to get the facial recognition to identify whether it was somebody scared or it was actually you know one of the uh Taliban that was holding, you know, our hostage, you know, holding our American hostage. And when I had finally done that and was, you know, getting re- really right at the point of facial recognition, uh, I heard this voice because we're calling, I'm calling out uh, Dr. Joseph's of Names. He finally uh, answers up and I'm hey, I'm like over here or something like that. And he was, that was about, you know, eight feet or so. Uh, to my to my right, and I just made a split second decision that the person I was on top of was somebody bad. So I just, uh, you know, deducing that, the grabbing the gun and everything else. So I just shot that person as many times as I could. And there's bullets flying everywhere else. And I jumped off that guy and uh, jumped onto the doctor and was shielding them. And when I had done that, I just happened to be, by the grace of God, in the right position to be able to, uh, there was somebody else in the the corner and they were just within arm's reach and they had weapons and stuff like that. And I was able to get my hand around the guy's throat and started choking him Mm. and distract him enough to give opportunity for the rest of the guys that were coming into that room. To move around and uh, ultimately you know take care of that threat, uh, how, how big was the room Master chief uh, It was probably about twenty feet long mm-hmm. and about ten feet wide and uh, you know, we're really when you think of afghan rooms it 's you know, rooms, you know mm-hmm. really thick mud walls Dark. one tiny little window yeah. uh, that are uh, uh eod guy he made a incredible shot and took out uh the person that was standing right next to the door with a weapon and who was the person that was responsible for putting the mortal shots into nick check and probably would have done the same to me if it wouldn't have been for uh yeah. his incredible uh ability to take that really really uh yeah, risky but calculated shot to help out. We're down.
3: Here. We're down to about three sure. minutes left on the clock sure. here, and uh, and I, I wish we had more time to just talk about Nick. To be honest with you, uh, his sacrifice must have hit you and your team very hard that night, uh, and I can't imagine what it's like to be so close to, uh, to so many incredibly brave men who uh, sacrifice everything, and you're the guy with the Medal of Honor, I'm sure that I'm sure I've am sure i heard you talk about that, and I know it's a, a very uh, emotional thing for you and for the teammates, but uh, with just a couple of minutes left on the clock, I want to ask you about the Catholic element. As a faithful Catholic, I mean, that was December the 8th, that was the Feast of the Macalic Conception. I don't know if you were aware of that that night or not, but uh, with Absolutely. two minutes on the clock, how hard is it as a combat Navy SEAL to remain in a state of grace. How often does one get to confession, holy mass in those environments? Uh
5: not not often. And it really depends on where you were. Uh you know, what what out you are at or what fob you are at. It's you know, the unfortunate part about it is that there there isn't enough Catholic priests to go around and and those that are, you know, in in service are, you know, even less and less and less. And so you know, between all the deployments that I've ever done, between Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, I would do my best every, as much as possible to to uh, to go every Sunday. But it really just depended on whether or not the, the priest was traveling and that they were going to have mass. But I carried my daily Roman with, missile with me on every deployment. And, you know, there's things that are out of your control. And so you can't, if, you, if the mass isn't being served and it's not, it's not being, you know, offered. Then it's not being offered. So yeah. you just can do the daily reading. But when the priest was in town, I definitely was was there as as much as possible. Uh, probably the only times that didn't happen is if for some reason we had a a a mission Saturday night that took us all the way into the morning, and you're just, you know, you're just completely exhausted off of that. So um, outside of that, it was it was. Always top of mind. I carried a Saint Michael, Pat, Michael the Archangel patch on my gear every, you know, everywhere I went, and I'd always put it on our team hooch, you know, when we come back from missions. Amen. And you know, so you know, if even though we're a tight knit unit, people do tend to keep their religious uh, preferences pretty close to heart. And but I, I let mine, I wore a little mine on a sleeve, literally, and so. Amen. I, I was able to. I, my very first deployment to Iraq, I stepped into country for the first time in Baghdad, and there was some exiting seals, and I just saw this one seal that had this uh, St. Michael the Archangel patch, but it was in Latin. And I was like, wow, I grew up going to Latin Mass and stuff like that. I walked over, and I don't know what compelled me, but I said, hey, can I have that? <laughs> Praise he God. Just, he, took, he took it off his he took it off his kit and gave it to me, and I've wore it ever since, and I still have it. And I
3: Praise be it to so God.
5: Good. Well,
3: we are out of time, unfortunately. I, I would love to spend a lot more time with you, Master Chief. Uh, we're just so grateful to you for your service to our country and for all the other brothers in the Navy SEAL community. God bless you. God love you, and have a great day.
5: May God bless you. Thank you.
3: Follow him on Instagram at Edward C. Byers. That's at Edward C. Byers on Instagram. Check him out. But praise be to God. We're going to go to the second hour. If you can join us online, we'd love to have you. Thank God love
0: you for you. joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time I had a friend
3: ask me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus has risen? Why do we
4: keep him on the cross?
6: Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. The cross that bears the beaten battered and bloody body of Jesus Christ however that cross is the power of God so we keep Jesus on the cross because we too preach Christ crucified and the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power but also his love for us giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering also here in this life we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross after all we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus as it says in Luke 9 verse 23, And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it?
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian
4: Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
3: we just wrapped up a great conversation with retired Master Chief and Navy Seal, uh, Edward Byers Jr., and he recounted his, uh, the moment where he and other teammates went to go rescue an American in a little little one-room shack in Afghanistan, and ultimately led to the death of a friend, and as well as uh, the Medal of Honor, and, uh, and as a committed Catholic, I would have loved to have spent a lot more time talking to him just about that aspect alone. Uh, as a committed Catholic, how hard is it to live in a state of grace while deployed in those t- types of situations? Uh, Adrian, we still got his picture up on the video feed there, so he's, look- he's looking good, but, uh, but we wish we had him on again. But uh, unfortunately, we had to wrap that conversation up. We'll post that conversation to our, our video feeds on social media soon. But good morning to you, Adrian
4: Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm a, I, that was a great interview. But I am too upset that we uh, only had so much time to talk to him. I yeah, wish we, we should have done a pre pre-recorded interview and talked to him for like an hour. We should have. Uh, I think you're right about that. Because that, that yeah. was a great conversation. And I was like, I, we could have spent just an hour talking about just the mission itself and the let background information the around the mission. Let alone the whole
3: Catholic aspects and mm-hmm. the difficulties. Uh, you Remember uh, Tom Satterley from the Delta Force? Mm, yes. And he talked about how a lot of special ops guys deal with you know the moral implications of their job, mm-hmm. you know, and how that can weigh heavy on their conscience. Absolutely. And I wanted to dive more into
4: that with uh, Chief Master Chief Byers, but uh, yeah. unfortunately we ran out of time. And my uh, my brother, he was one that uh, kind of put me on to Edward Byers. He was messaging me. He goes, "Hey, have you heard of uh, Edward Byers?" So I was like, "No." And he sent me his Instagram. He goes, "You should book him for as a guest." And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And I looked him up, and I was like, whoa, I, this guy is insane. Well, I, I'm actually quite uh, jealous because I tried to get him on, on the I show. T- I, I tried many times. I, it took me a long time to get a hold of him. Praise but it was God. it was great. But yeah, yeah, my brother had a bunch of questions for him, too, about regarding the Catholic faith and being in yeah. the military. So hopefully we'll be able to talk to him again sometime. It would be amazing. It mm-hmm. would be amazing. Uh, speaking of amazing, Jesus Robles,
3: our friend of the show, is uh, hanging out with us in studio today. Good morning to you, Jesus. Good
2: morning. This is so exciting to be in. In this studio, I am just so full of adrenaline and I energy. Can tell. I yes. can tell,
3: praise be to God. Now, uh, Janice Valenzuela is off this week. Uh, this weekend, she has gone to the Carolinas to to hike and w- with her husband, like on purpose. Praise be to God. Yes, oh, I'm so sorry you, for her. You Lassing hike right today. You,
2: you, you hike, right? I, I run, I run. You run. I, I did my uh, 10 oh. mile run this morning, yesterday, I did my 14 mile run, like on purpose, on purpose. Yes, I like got at three. Run, I run to the donuts. <laughs> I, I, but I, other yeah. than that yeah, I, Donuts and I Don't get along Police <laughs> officers And donuts They say they get along We don't get along At all No No Maybe a little bit of coffee I'll take a little bit of coffee For you
3: Yes So, so Is it that you don't like The taste of donuts Or the Yeah I don't know It's the The, it's the, the political
2: the, implications Of donuts it, It's like, like that flour The, the, the masa mm, That gets my stomach going yeah. It's just not, not good I see I No see. bueno for no me bueno. No And then it gets these tires Growing on the side Of my waist here And then I gotta put that belt on and i look like a, a I look like a bag you know that's badly <laughs> tied no 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 <laughs> oh that's fun praise like a God. chorizo you know that that's tight and bad yeah. i don't know yeah. that people
3: in maryland know what a chorizo is though like
2: a boudang chorizo like a budang chorizo, oh, like uh, yeah, oh no, we're talking now hey, imagine a, a badly tied up boudang you know that's budang. tearing well, that's up you know cajun budang yeah. is cajun by the way budang is amazing Okay. Yes, or like a sausage. Imagine a yeah. sausage, you know, that's wrapped up in that plastic. And I'm, You're making me no, hungry. No. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> now, if
3: you don't know, dear audience, dear listener, that uh, Jesus Robles, a friend of the show, is, uh, is a supporter of Catholic Radio. He's been hanging out with us for some time. But if you've ever watched the live video feed of the show, you will see these incredible statuary behind us. I have the crucified Lord behind me, and behind him is the scourged Lord, and then behind Adrian is the uh, uh, St. Michael the Archangel and uh, Jesus is the uh, owner of these incredible uh, items and he lends them to us on the show so that we can display them for you guys to appreciate. They're, They're incredible. People walk in and they're just like blown away. They're amazing.
2: Joe, and I and I make my promise that I'm going to bring you the other one where Jesus is yeah. hanging by one hand and he's, he has oh, his hand wow. to the bottom. Like the one yeah. where St. Francis is, is holding him down. Yeah. From, yes. Yeah. So it's called El Cristo Desprendido. That, that one comes from Guanajuato. Yeah. It's a beautiful, life size uh, uh, corpus hanging wow. from a cross. And I, I pray that I can get it to you at, ASAP so you can have it here and maybe, you know, yeah. switch around the we'll, backgrounds a we'll little bit. We'll figure
3: something out. Sure. We'll, we'll find a home, I'm sure. <laughs> Praise be to God for it. But here's the deal jesus is here for a reason uh he just doesn't want to hang out with adrian good grief Uh, even though i think adrian pays him to to, to sing his praises uh he is here because we're going to be playing our game fear and trembling at 15 past the hour now you've played before
2: yes i have it's exciting yes there's prices there's gifts there's a lot of good stuff but but the best of it is that we get to learn a little bit about the faith
3: now you're a police officer so you should be very honest Yes. Like you shouldn't be tricky. Well,
2: actually we have to be tricky sometimes when we wanna you? get confessions. Really? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we have to lie a little bit, you know. Like like for example, you take out the picture, right, and you say, Sir this is your picture, and you could be a driver's license picture. Say, "Look, this is your picture," and they, "Oh yes, it was me. I did it." You know. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody that,
3: all right, right? So Don't the, tell anybody. The audience is like, "Oh, now, how do I? Can I? Do I trust Jesus? Do I? Yikes! I guess you're gonna have to wait. At 15 past the hour, we'll play the game. I'll give out the phone number, but t- today is your last three chances uh, to get in on the prize drawing for Fear and Trembling because. We are going to draw a name out today and give the prize away on the radio. That's going to happen here shortly. So be ready to dial the phone number so that you can get in on the prize. And I'll give that to you. But if you want to give yourself an advantage, a little head start, all you got to do is go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you will be able to... um Get the phone number. Just go to the Fear and Trembling link, and you'll get the phone number. You can call in early and sit on hold. Let's pray. Let's get started and dive in. I have a good news story for you, and here in a moment, since Janice isn't in today, I'll be covering that, but let's go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the good news. We always do the rough news in the first hour. So the good news, I picked one story. Today, Catholic bishop calls for massive prayer campaign to convert Nancy Pelosi. Yay and amen. I love this. Uh, praise be to God. Let's have great charity and call for their conversion. San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Corleone encouraged pro-life Americans to join him in praying for the conversion of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's heart, so that she will recognize the value of unborn babies. This was reported in LifeNews.com. In a statement Wednesday, Corleone lamented how Pelosi, who professes to be Catholic, recently led the US House in passing a radical pro-abortion bill that would legalize abortions for basically any reason up to birth nationwide and force taxpayers to pay for them. Quote. A conversation or conversion of heart of the majority of our congressional representatives is needed on this issue beginning with the leader the house uh, speaker nancy pelosi the archbishop said quote i am therefore inviting all catholics to join in a massive and visible campaign of prayer and fasting for speaker pelosi commit to praying one rosary a week and fasting on fridays for her conversion of heart the benedict the 16th institute is leading the rose and rally a rose and rosary for nancy campaign uh, more details will be found at benedictinstitute.org but archbishop corleone and nancy pelosi uh, both live uh, in san francisco uh, have been quarreling recently on who gets to decide you know these sort of big issues of when life begins Uh, Last week, the Archbishop said the legislation amounts to, quote, child sacrifice, unquote, and chastised Catholic politicians who support it. He said the bill is what, quote, one would expect from a devout Satanist, not a devout Catholic, unquote. Asked about his comments, Pelosi laughed, responding, quote, the Archbishop of the city, that area of San Francisco, and I have disagreement about who should decide this. She says, I believe that God has given us free will to honor our responsibilities, Pelosi continued, not noting that she is a mother, but she believes others should be allowed to choose abortion. In his call to prayer Wednesday, Archbishop Corleone said Pelosi, quote, clearly has a maternal heart for her children. He said the problem is that she doesn't extend that care to all children, including the unborn. He says, quote, Pope Francis has called abortion murder, the equivalent of hiring a hitman to solve a problem. Corleone continued, the solution to a woman in crisis pregnancy is not violence, but love. Please join me in praying the rosary and fasting for the conversion of Speaker Pelosi's maternal heart to embracing the goodness of dignity of the human life, not only after birth, but in the womb as well. And that is your good news
4: for this Friday. Praise be to God. The saint of the day is Blessed Cecilia Giuseppe. She was born on the 17th of February in 1910 in Monte Romano, Viterbo in Italy. She's the youngest of 11 children. Cecilia was baptized at the ripe old age of nine days old. And her father died when she was two months old. On the 6th of January 1915, the family moved to a small farm near Nepi, Italy, and came under the care of a maternal uncle. Cecilia received confirmation on the 27th of May 1917 and made her first communion on that same uh, year, on the 2nd of October. C- she was educated in the Cistercian Convent School, and in 1922, she joined the Servants of Mary, or the Servites, as a secular tertiary. She received the scapular at the Santo Le- Tolomeo A. Servi Church and took the name Maria Angela. She became a member of Catholic Action. Cecilia was drawn to religious life and against her family's wishes, she became a Servite postulant in 1923. She studied in Rome in Pistoia and in Zara from 1923 to 1926. She was hoping to become a missionary, but she contracted tuberculosis. And on the 23rd of October, 1926, she returned to the family farm. Though her health deteriorated, she became known for her spiritual insights. And she became a counselor to seminarians and members of Catholic Action. Local priests would ask her opinion on homilies and that they were planning. Her spiritual director, the Servite priest Gabrielle Rocheni, instructed her to keep a journal of her life in relationship with Christ. It covered the period from 29th of May 1927 to the 12th of September 1928 and was published as Storia de un Acio," or Story of a Clown. Interesting. She died on the 1st of October 1928 in Nepi, Viterbo, Italy of tuberculosis. She predicted the date of her death following a dream about St. Therese of Lisieux, whose feast day is also today. She died singing a hymn to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She was beatified on the 17th of June, 2012 by Pope Benedict XVI. Blessed Cecilia Giuseppe, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes
3: to us from Luke chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said to them, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes but it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? Will you go down to the netherworld? Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That last part and the Last hour, I commented on the you know the bulk of this passage on this, the towns and the judgments, but that last part, he's speaking to his apostles, and I've said this many times, that when you read the Holy Scripture, especially the Gospels, it's important to know who is speaking and to whom are they speaking, because we somehow have told ourselves that everything is directly related to us personally. And... Scripture has many layers. Yes, that's true, and of course, uh, there there is some sort of takeaway for us. But the primary audience that is important, as Saint Cyril of Alexandria said, whereby he teaches that whatever is said by the holy apostles must be received, since he who heareth them heareth Christ, and an in inevitable punishment therefore hangs over heretics who neglect the words of the apostles. Yea and amen. Hopefully, uh, Nancy Pelosi is listening to the Archbishop, her very bishop in San Francisco. Uh, we have about five seconds,
4: Adrian. you want to uh, maybe comment on Cornelio Lappede Lop- Lop- in the after show? I'll just read a quote real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, Cornelio Lappede say again, We must render to those whom God has put over us in all things lawful the same obedience as we would render to God. See further, Matthew 10 and 11. Praise be you again. go. All right.
3: Good job. We're going to go and play our game now, Fear and Trembling. The last three opportunities to get in on this week's prize. We're giving out the prize today to get your three chances in the cup. I need you to call right now 877-757- 9424. Jesus Robles is here to play the game. So should you. Call now 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757- 9424. Phone lines are open. Call now at 877- We'll be right back. Don't go
6: anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
0: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in one fifteen he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Brusard with The Ready Reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the Church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home.
6: Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic
4: trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants it's a 50 50 chance and prizes are involved avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth call now to take your shot 877-757-9424 and now your host
3: Joe
6: McClain.
3: Phone lines are wide open at 877-757-9424. If you tried a minute ago, try again right now. I think they're working at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Praise be to God. Welcome to uh, Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where I have a secret and hidden agenda. All right. So please don't tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. Keep this just between us. But I like to do a few things on the game show. Number one, I like to teach the faith. So it's always an opportunity to learn something you didn't know before because I look for those moments in the questions, right? Number two, we like to have a good time, and it's always fun to laugh right alongside our audience and you, the listener, that calls in. Praise be to God. You're such a good support. We're very grateful to you for that. And then, of course, we give out prizes, right? So that kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to Jesus. But if you're just joining us, here's the trick. Here's the kicker. We're not going to ask the caller the question. The caller may not know a single answer and still win the game. It's possible because instead of asking them, I'm going to ask Jesus and I'm going to ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds to decide who is right, who is wrong. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Now, here is the deal. This week, our prize is sponsored by Daybreak Watchmen, handmade wooden crucifixes, praise be to God. They've given us a $45 value holy rosary plaque that has hooks on it, something you can hang by your door, you know, your domestic church, where you can hang your keys on when you come through the door from the day, you can put them on there. This plaque is designed to provide practical storage and an intentional display for your rosaries and or keys dog leashes anything like that uh what a great thing to do right by your door it's beautiful and it's uh it's a gift by daybreak watchman by the way uh they're lavishing extra love on the catholic drive time insiders i sent an email last night to them with that extra gift and extra love from daybreak watchman you can jump on our email list on our website but their website is daybreakwatchman.com that's daybreakwatchman.com all right praise be to god Uh, let's go to the phones Uh, I want to thank everybody who did try to call in Uh, we're very grateful to you Monday starts a brand new game with a brand new sponsor so if you don't get on today call back then Uh, let's go to Andrew good morning to you praise be to God good morning
1: Good morning, praise be to God
3: where are you calling from Andrew
1: San Antonio Texas
3: the great city of San Antonio Texas I know it very very well praise be to God went to the greatest high school on the planet Judson High School uh, with the greatest football team ever where did you go Andrew (laughs)
1: Joe, Joe, I haven't been able to drive by Justin parking lot, but every morning I drive by Burbank High School, and that's where I went to uh, every weekday morning. <laughs> well, I am I'm so my, sorry.
3: My deepest condolences, Andrew. My deepest condolences. Not everybody can be as cool. I'm just saying that out loud. Uh, but where, where, where do you go to church, Andrew?
1: St. John Birchman, Catholic Church.
3: How wonderful. Praise be to God. And are you familiar with the game show? Do you know how the game is played?
1: Yes, yes. I got on a, a couple of Fridays ago. Yes. And uh I think Janice was there. Um yes, yes, so I know how the game's played. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful game. I love it.
3: I'm writing your name on these uh these tickets just in case it be God's will that you get in that cup so I can make sure to get you in the, the coffee cup today. But are you ready to play, sir? Yes, sir, I'm ready. We are going to go to Jesus Robles uh, because he's sitting in uh, Janice's seat, and That's that right. is our custom. Yes, hey Jesus, this show. come on. Are you ready? I am ready, Joe. Come are on. You, are you sure? I am extremely sure. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jesus, can you tell me? What is the official language
2: of the Vatican? Joe, you couldn't have put it so just easier. Every single pope, I've noticed this. Yeah. They Uh all have Uh to know one language to be selected. Yeah. One language and that's it. it. And I think that's what what they use and it's Italian. Oh really? Italian. Italian. They all speak Italian. If you check Everyone? every single one of them, they all speak Italian and they do it beautifully. Pope Francis speaks Italian uh, yeah. like better than even Spanish. Really? Yes. What? Well, even the Polish Pope did? Uh, yes. It almost. The like It's a requirement. The yes. French? Yes. yes. Italian is like the wow. the language that they need to speak if, they, if they're going to be sitting in okay. Rome. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Absolutely, um, italiano.
3: Well, I'm just going to get a second opinion. Okay, Uh Adrian. Can you tell me? Sneaky Adrian. What is the official language of the Vatican?
4: The official language of the Vatican? Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. That's, while yes, uh, Rome is in Italy, Mm -hmm. and so many, uh, pretty much everybody speaks Mm -hmm. Italian, but the official language of the church in Rome Mm -hmm. is actually Latin. Ah. Really? Yes. Latin. And that's why Mm -hmm. all the documents of the church, save that at Tradizione
3: custodis, is in Latin. (laughs)
1: Sneaky, sneaky. Okay.
3: Well, let's just see here. Um, Andrew, let me summarize for you. Adrian seems to think the official language is Latin, whereas Jesus seems to think it's Italian. Yes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is Mm. right? Who is wrong? Mm. Andrew, what say
0: you? Hmm.
1: That's a tough one. I, 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 those were my two choices: mm-hmm. in, uh, Italian and Latin. Um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus, I did it. I did do it. I'm sorry. Whatever. I'm confessing for whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jesus this morning. Are you sure? Sh- Jesus?
3: Are- Jesus? Are you sure? Yes.
0: Oh, I'm so. Oh. Sorry.
1: oh uh,
3: I am so oh. sorry. Curveball oh. to the low right corner. Oh. It's a swing and a miss.
1: Yeah. Ah. Oh. Okay. Okay, in my
3: defense, I thought I warned you Mea that culpa. Jesus Mea culpa. is very yeah. tricky. Yeah,
0: but, yeah, it used but to be the case. Don't fret. Yes. I, I,
3: we can still get you in this cup. There's still great opportunity, Andrew. Let's do this. Mea culpa. We're going to go to uh, Adrian for this next one. Uh-oh. Adrian. The sneaky. Dangerous. <clears throat> what is the name given to the vessel for holding incense before it is put into the thurible? Okay, we're that, thinking. We're talking about mass yeah. here. The incense at mass. What is the name <laughs> of the vessel that holds the
4: incense? Right. So you have mm-hmm. the thurible, yep. which is the thing you swing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoke coming out. And then you have the boat. It's, it's called boat. a boat because it the looks. Boat. It's in the shape of a boat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And you open it and you scoop out the incense and put it into the thurible. So like it's the, called a boat. Like the bark of Peter, almost. Hmm. Almost. Mm. Hey,
3: uh, uh, Seuss, yes. uh, Can you tell me, what is the name of the vessel? Uh, Given uh, for holding incense before it is put into the thurible, which is a thing that gets swung around and smokes.
2: You know, it's actually, I know this one. I know this one. It's the holy forcier. The holy forcier. It's a very difficult word to say because it's a holy item. It's it's the holy forcier. (laughs) But in, in English, you call it the holy coffer. The holy coffer. The holy coffer. Hmm. It holds this very precious... Did you precious say it was the
3: forcier? The forcier?
2: forcier. And yes, uh, but hmm. in English, it's actually the, the holy coffer. Holy coffer. Wow. Okay,
3: Andrew, here's the deal. Uh, Jesus says it's the holy coffer, whereas uh, Adrian says it's the boat. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Andrew, what say you?
1: I, I, I'm so... Uh I you know, hmm. I wish I was driving hmm. with my wife. My wife would be able to tell me. Hmm. I I I'm a, I'm gonna go with Adrian. I'm sorry.
3: Hmm. I would be You're sorry. sorry. Why are you I sorry? I would be totally sorry. You got it.
6: You got it.
4: <laughs> He said,
3: "He said, I'm sorry you for going with Adrian.
6: <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry. Well, apologies
3: for, <laughs> accepted for I mean, denying me. Things we don't <laughs> admit publicly, Andrew. I'm going with Adrian. Okay? I'm sorry. He denied <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <opa>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get this third question because we still got to pull a name out here. We're going to go back to Jesus Robles, friend yes. of the show. Yes. Uh, Jesus, can you tell me mm-hmm. whom... Mm-hmm did Peter attack in the Garden of Gethsemane? Hmm.
2: Peter I like attacked. this question. This is a good question. You know, that's This is a this is a, a pretty difficult one, actually. We all remember Passion yeah. of the Christ. It was in the movie. Yeah, it's in the movie, but they don't even call him. I don't remember they him. Do. Yeah, they do. They hmm. do. I've seen the movie seven billion times. I'm a little ADD. I guess I skipped that part. You did? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I a uh, uh, Name that's kind of strange. I'm just going to say it because it sounds strange. It's uh, Malchus. 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 Could be.
1: Could be.
3: Ah, Could be. Uh, uh, let's see what uh, Adrian says here. Adrian, can you tell me? Whom did Peter attack in the Garden of Gethsemane?
4: Yeah, that was Judas. He chopped Judas' ear off, and then our Lord healed him. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, It'd okay. it, it, it
5: be, it be like that sometimes, it you know? Like, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it can be, can like be. that. I, I've
3: heard that name more than, uh-huh. than yeah. Malchus. You know, All right, so here's Malchus. the deal, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian says it was Judas, whereas Jesus says it was Malchus. Mm-hmm. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Andrew, what say you?
1: Yeah, this is good. It's it's Jesus. The answer
3: is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. I agree.
1: Jesus is a
2: friend of mine. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> is my friend. Yes, thank you for choosing. Oh, there you God. go. Praise you got it. You
3: got it. Alright, so here's the deal. I only have a minute left on the clock. I I put your name into the coffee cup of Divine Providence twice, Andrew. Ooh. I do not know whether or not it will be God's will. That you should uh, emerge victorious, but I am, uh, oh, I am trying to uh, mix this up to be as fair as humanly possible, and I have, I have a name, I have a name. Shake it, Joe! Shake it! We have a name, and the winner is Mary. Mary! I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm sorry. You were a lot of fun, nonetheless. Praise be to God. But Mary is the winner this week. It be God's will. God bless you, Andrew. Have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. And thank you again for playing our game. We're very grateful to you. Thank
1: you. You guys have a great weekend.
3: Praise be to God. Hey, Seuss, thank you for playing our game today. It's a
1: blessing to be
2: here, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well,
3: hang out with us in the After Show if you can. That's coming up on the live video feed. We are on the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel this morning, Facebook, Twitter, or or also on odyssey.com, and our very own webpage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you in the
4: After Show.
0: everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to
3: Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Friday edition of the After Show of Catholic Drive Time, God is So Very Good, where we get a lot more casual in our conversation, and you, my dear listener, get to drive that conversation into any direction you wish by commenting on <laughs> on one of the live video feeds. So, before we start to thank people, let me just say, let me just say, that now that Jesus is in the room, I yes. got to say something I've been meaning to say for a long time. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Jesu Christo, ayuda. This me. has been heavy on my heart. I need to tell that. I need to say this. Ayúdame. Uh, Ayúdame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I love Adrian. Uh-oh. Uh oh. He, he was an intern for me when he was finishing college. And, you know, we go way back. This is, this is not, it's not a it's good not start. Good. It's um, not good. But I've been very concerned uh. about his salvation and stuff oh oh you know because uh the way he corrupts people you know subtly like the way he influences people with like crazy things. thomistic ideas yeah like just who teaches thomistic ideas anymore yeah <laughs> like
4: the 5th we're
3: post <laughs> vatican two people hello <laughs> uh I, you know and like it, it, to see you walk in here hey soos uh, I've respected you for a long time, but to see the uh-huh. Cornelius Alapide commentary I, in your hand I have it right when here. you walk in, I have realized the depths at which Adrian has
2: has adversely influenced your life. You know what? At nineteen years old, Adrian has uh, shown me. Oh, is he nineteen? No, twenty three. Uh, I'm twenty three. Twenty three. <laughs> Same okay. thing. So What's the diff? At twenty three years old, uh, you know, and, and me already receiving my master's there in, in Saint Mary's, you know. <laughs> Uh, but well, he's he- got double double master, double major, uh, D- double bachelors, D- <laughs> double bachelor. Okay, here <laughs> we go. He promoted me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he actually inspired me to read the Cornelius Lapidae. I was like, where is this 23-year-old getting so much rich information? Are you saying you didn't read Cornelius Lapidae at the Thomistic School? Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of that. Never heard of that. Maybe I was sleeping in class when they spoke about Cornelius Lapidae. It was a quick five minutes, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But this this book, Joe, is so amazing. This yeah. thing will dissect word for word and tell you uh, uh, two or three pages of what that is. Word for word is, and I'm just fascinated and blown away by this uh, detail.
4: A great story about Cornelis Lapide is that um, the founder of the TFP, Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira, who? Uh, Professor Plinio. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was a, uh, he loved Cornelius Lapide, and that's mm. how originally how I heard about him. Because I was talking about, we were just discussing um, modern scripture studies with the TFP guys. I was sitting talking about them. And they're like, you know, have you ever heard of uh, Cornelius Lapide mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, no, actually, I've never heard of him. And um, he was like, oh, wow. Uh, Professor Plinio loved him. And he was, I was like, oh, have you read him? He's like, no, I haven't read him myself. But uh, I know Professor Plinio used to say that if he could, he would take the complete works of Cornelius Lapide and go live in a cave for the rest of his life and just study the works of Cornelius Lapide. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was, he's one of the only people who has an entire yes. commentary on the entirety of scripture from Genesis to the apocalypse.
2: Yeah. And, and wow. it's not only something, you know, just uh, little pieces. He's got, a, he's got a lot. Look, I mean, just check this out uh, on yesterday's two and two. He goes into he goes, three pages. He, he, he has origin in there. St. Gregory, Theophilic. Uh, He's got St. Francis, St. Benedict, St. Dominic, Bernard, St. Bernard. I mean, he, he, he's got a bunch of people that he, that he quotes. So this is fascinating. Yeah. Like Joe is completely tuned out.
3: No, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm doing the radio thing. I'm multitasking over here. I'm,
4: I'm trying to answer some comments. I, I but, but it's the theoph- It's the
3: afflicate, by the way.
2: The
4: afflicate. The afflicate. yeah Achoo. Oh, I always said the opposite. Awkward. Do you really? Yeah, that's how I used to say it. Mm. But this is
2: rich, right here. This book, right here. You yeah, can you can good. if you read this, you can give a homily. And oh the, yeah. Here's the cool thing Look about. Mm? Uh, it, so we I use uh, verbum
3: uh, forward slash grn as my tool every morning to dive mm-hmm. deep in the gospels,
4: uh, to which. Includes the Mm -hmm. Cornelius Lapidae, but you can get it for free online. Yeah, I read it for free online. If you, I prefer physical books. Yes. But the copies of Cornelius Lapidae are kind of pricey and I just haven't pulled the trigger on purchasing them. Um, But the sad thing is, the vast majority of his works are not available in English. Mm -hmm. They are only Aladdin. Yeah. That was true uh, of Robert Bellarmine up until very recently. Yes. And the same thing with St. Thomas. Most people don't realize that yeah. only like 20% of Thomas's works Would are in English. ever right Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I could, like, I always had my friend Deacon Luis over for dinner a couple weeks ago, and we were having dinner, and he's talking about preparing for his homilies. And I was like, you need to look up Cornelius Lopide and you need to look up the Catena Oria." Those are the only two things you need to write your sermons. Yeah, and um, yeah. and honestly, that's, I, that's I don't know, so I true. I like Haydock too. Haydock's great. Yeah, HADOC but is If very I had good. to recommend only two things that yeah. someone have sure. would be the Catena Aurea yeah. and the and the commentaries of Aquinas Lapide. It's yeah. just it's just you open it up, and the best thing about it. And I did this back in, in college, so don't tell my professors. Um, was whenever we had to write a research paper on a scripture a passage, mm-hmm. I would just pull up the Catena of St. Thomas Aquinas, the commentary on St. Thomas Aquinas. And I would just use that because, yep. according St. Thomas, would cite all the fathers so I didn't have to go through and look up what all the fathers that's said. Right. Thomas did all the research for me. That's one thing I
2: struggled in school when I was going to St. Mary's Seminary, mm. uh, and when we had the Gospels and all that, I didn't know how these, these seminarians – Knew so much. I mean, they would just be <laughs> same stuff like the rest of us. <laughs> but you know, if I, if yeah. I, and I don't remember anybody quoting anything from from this book here. Yeah. If I had known, I well, would have been the wisest guy in because in the class he's Jesuit. Yeah, he was a Jesuit. This is true. He was a Jesuit. Jesuit,
3: but he was why. a Jesuit back when the he Jesuits was, were. Awesome. He was. The, you yeah. were at a. You were at a Dominican school. Yes, right. Yes. UST is Dominican. No, cause it's, cause it's actually
4: Basilian. It is. So Basilian. That's awkward to be a
3: Thomistic school that. Is not Dominican. That's weird. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's a, it's a, well, actually, it was pretty common for most Catholic universities to be Thomistic. Yeah. Up until I'm teasing. recent. I'm just teasing. Uh, but actually, though, so interesting point. Thomism, while being the usually the most endorsed school of thought in the church, what was the, this should be a trivia question, what was the school of thought that was most prevalent throughout the church? Hmm. The, uh, the, mo- the school of thought that was most,
3: <laughs> <laughs> prevalent throughout the church who's
2: right who's wrong who's right who's wrong <laughs> um, mm, mm, mm. um i don't know but the basilian is there, a, uh, so is there a, uh, no not the basilian augustinian
4: um all right bonaventure Bar- Bar- right. close it's the it's the franciscan school so yes mm. uh, in a way <laughs> well, it was, it's the well, i'm sorry you were saying it's, that
3: but yes
4: Kind yeah. of. it's on, like man. you're like, you're like 25% correct. Because it's not just Bonaventure. <laughs> you're like 24.2% correct. It's the Franciscan School of Thought, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is more culminated in Duns Scotus. But the Scotan School of Thought was actually the most popular school of thought in the church, even though Thomism was the most endorsed. And that's because the guest. Well, no. The reason the reason is because there were just way more Franciscans than there were Dominicans, yeah. and so there were more Franciscan schools throughout the world. Yeah,
2: hey, something. Well, I should have brought my uh, Saint Francis gl- statue. Gl- here Gloria today.
3: wants to know what the title of your the book is, Jesus. Just to be clear,
2: the book right here is yeah. called the uh, the Great Commentary of Cornelius Lapide, Yeah, and uh, this one has uh, two. It's got Saint Mark, and it's got Luke. But yesterday, uh, uh, Adrian told me a very uh, significant comment, and and I I figured it out. It it uh, it's missing some of the uh, the scripture here mm-hmm. because it's on the Matthews yeah uh, commentary. So mm-hmm. what what did that book run you? This one I bought it used from ebay oh nice so it was 60 bucks oh no, wow that's not really bad. good 60 bucks so there's another one for for matthew that i'm gonna get for 60 bucks wonderful uh but it's it's an awesome awesome book right here yeah. if you wake up every day before it's, you go to it's wake deep up dive or bed. yeah yeah it's, it's deep dive totally uh mm-hmm. i like
3: the ignatius catholic study bible uh i have that one too, mostly because it gives you a lot of typological detail in there that you're not going to get in a lot of other Commentaries. There's a lot of historical facts and cross references to the Old Testament that are it, they're like very clear and you can get to them super fast. And I love the, the sort of the extra articles that uh, Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch threw into mm-hmm. that. It's uh, only the New Testament, right? Uh, no, they are actually. I've already started the the Old Testament. I mm-hmm. don't think it's ready to be published in whole, but they've started releasing individual books. Oh, okay. I did so. get the
2: uh, the Word on Fire one. Uh, from uh, uh-huh. Bishop Robert Barron, how'd that go? It, it, it only it, yeah. it's very selective, like. And the Navarre yeah.
3: commentary. Sometimes I I I, I yes, like the Navarre commentary,
2: miss. and sometimes I don't. Yeah, and that's the same thing with uh, with Bishop Barron's. Yeah, he, he's got uh, he can go through a whole section in the Bible without offering you a reflection. And then all of a sudden, there's yeah. one paragraph, and then there's like <laughs> five pages of Well, Hadock does that. To, yeah. to,
3: to, you know, yeah. Haydock will do that sometimes, too. He'll just ignore certain verses. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, come like,
2: on. Give me the goods, bro. But this one will blow you away. Yeah, this one right here. And again, veraboom.com has it all, in, yeah. in, you know, just packaged all together.
3: Yeah, I love veraboom.com. It makes my life very, very easy. I have, uh, I did create a video uh, a couple months back. Um, when we first started using them as a sponsor, and I showed how I use the tool. I have various commentaries up here. I have various translations up, up here. I have the daily readings up here. a saint of the day. I can actually get to the saint of the day from Butler's Lives here as well, which is pretty darn awesome. I mean,
4: it's an incredible library. Did I tell you my experience uh, with uh, Butler's Lives? That was a horrible experience. You had a horrible experience with Butler? Mm-hmm. Why? So... <laughs> Back whenever uh, – so Emily and I were, uh, were at um, a bookstore. We are at a half Price bookstore looking for just books. We were just shopping for books. And she uh, found a Butler's Lives of the Saints, but a condensed version because, you know, Butler's Lives of the Saints is massive. Mm. And they make they usually make additions where they're like, oh, here are these saints, here are those saints. Yeah. And it was a, a collection of the women saints mm. uh, for Butler's Lives of the Saints. So she's like, oh, that's super cool. So she bought it. And so, the next day, she like calls me and is like, this is horrible. This is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> and so, I go over and we're looking at it. And what this book did was it labeled itself as Butler's Lives of the Saints, mm. female edition. Mm. And, but it was actually edited. And they changed it mm. to, have, uh, to make all of the uh, saints, the women saints, feminist. And so, oh, it yeah, edited God. it to make it like, oh, yeah, honestly, what's up with that? What's, what's up, up with that? that? And it was what's horrible. I have horrible. no idea what's up with that. Come That's, on, man. That is an ambush right there. Yeah, that so is a be travesty. careful. I, and the same thing happened to me whenever I got the I- imitation of Christ. I was reading it and I was like, this has some weird language in it, and then I went back and read the introduction, mm-hmm. and I had purchased a Protestant edition of it, <laughs> and in it, it uh, it says in the introduction, "Oh yeah, we took a lot of that like popery stuff that out of Catholic it, Catholic stuff, because like he was a great mystical writer, but you know he was influenced by that monkish stuff, <laughs> yeah. so we took that stuff out. Mm. Other than the fact that he was a Catholic in religious life." Yeah, Joe. We should it, just remove all of that, and, I guess.
2: And you know, I've heard you speak about that movie too—the the, the one that one? just came out. Uh, Which the, uh, oh, it's uh, it Jesus is it a Jesus uh, movie there on on social media. Where chosen? A chosen? Yeah. Oh, and I've heard you not the, having the a pretty show. good. Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't have a good what's what's the I haven't seen it just because of that because uh, really you said I that? have influenced you that just way? because you said you didn't like it because I you have done, not Jeff. taken the time to see it uh, I feel I feel guilty no no not, not but <laughs> where's my button I
3: need a <laughs> 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 no I, I, what's the deal with that okay, Why? So, I always wanted to ask you well, we watched everybody loves Joe it's I, I yeah exactly I'm gonna get myself in trouble here because <laughs> et, like Mary did you know. I tend to be the only one in the yeah, room. Yeah, I don't like that one either. Yeah, no. I tend to be the only one in the room with an adverse opinion on, on these things. So, uh, Chosen. We, watched, we started to watch Chosen, and I thought it was great at first. Mm. I enjoyed the actor who plays uh, Jonathan. I think he does a great job. I like the look, you know, and his acting. I thought it was very good. I enjoyed uh, some of the um, extra biblical scenes. Like, life before his mission starts. I I found that fascinating. He was camping, and the, he was interacting with these kids in, in the first episode. And I just thought, like, that's super cool. I, I like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then we get to the Where wedding... Where does it fe- dive down? Where <laughs> we, does it go down? The, the wedding feast at Cana. Well, par- ah! part of the issues I have were some of the minor issues, like uh, St. Peter getting into fistfights. Yeah, I could see it. Sure, <laughs> it's possible. You I get it. could the guy's ear off, so. I, I get it, but... Uh, uh, but they also make him out to be a gambler, and and they just they're adding things to characters to give them interesting aspects uh-huh. to make it more dramatic, right? Yes. Well, then of course Saint Matthew is autistic. Like, I, it's like we interrupt this gospel narrative to bring you. Autism, like yeah. why? Yeah, like it, so doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, to, like you can, like okay, the fist fights for Saint Peter. Okay, sure, whatever. He was a fisherman, roughneck. Uh, okay, fine. I doubt it, but okay. Uh, number one, number two, he's a gambler. I don't know. I'm not, where? In the, where are you getting this? Like, there's no evidence to suggest that that was even the case. And so, I have yeah. minor issues with that. I can live through all of that, though. I could. I could have watched every episode and had no problems with that. Here it he comes. You get to the Here wedding comes. feast of Cana.
2: Boom. Here
3: it goes. And our lady becomes Susan from Idaho. <laughs> you know, she becomes. She's just this. She's just this great lady. That's you know, she's just a nice lady. She's wow. a wonderful lady. She's not She's not the Gibi Ra. She's not the queen of, yeah. of heaven and earth. She's not the mother of the incarnate Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not the immaculate conception. Yes. She's just this nice lady mm. who is just hanging out, helping helping with this wedding, get everything together like all good moms do. Yes. You know, and it's like, I'm sorry, but our lady isn't average. She's not normal. She's, she's extra awesome. She is... Uh, You know, at a level above every other human, below our Lord and Savior Jesus, because she's a creature, but she's special, and to deny her that bugs me to no end. Like, it's interesting, because I tend to tolerate more shenanigans with the character of Jesus in these things than I do Our Lady. Like
2: I don't know why, yes. but I like his mom. Like I'll, yeah, I'll mom. go.
3: Oh, that's like there was a uh, m- you know movies made about the Gospels where Jesus doesn't really know if he's divine or not, and he's always doubting. Like you know, like like you can watch that and go, oh, that's terrible, you know. But Luke. I'll still watch it. But <laughs> when it comes to Our Lady, anything depicting Our Lady terribly, I'm like, ah, I'm done. I'm outie. I can't do it anymore. I can't sit there and watch
4: watch them, you know, walk all over our lady like that. And yeah. also, one of the things that got me, because I've never, I, I've never seen the chosen. I think my mom and my sister are watching it right now, actually. Um, but the I've never seen it, so I don't, I can't speak about the actual show itself. But I heard a lot of people talking about um, the Our Lady being shown as having birth pains. Yeah, there you go and, too. Um, that whenever Our Lord was born, Come he was right. born like with a natural birth. And I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, that's not true. And the thing that triggered me about it was that a lot of Catholics were defending the chosen, saying, well, technically speaking, it's okay to say that because it's not church teaching. I mean, it's not infallibly defined that Our Lady uh didn't have a natural birth. And I was like, uh, no, that is not true. And I actually did a whole podcast on this topic, and I walked through from Scripture, from the church fathers, from the doctors and the mystics and the saints – all attested to the fact that our Lord was not had, did not was not born naturally. Yeah. He passed through the womb like light through glass, and uh, so because it was taught by Scripture, by the uh, by the fathers, by the doctors, by the mystics, mm. it is part of the ordinary universal magisterium and is binding on all the faithful to believe that our Lord was not born uh, by via natural birth. Yeah, uh, and our Lord Lady did not experience birth pains and she did not have a natural birth because that would violate her uh, perpetual virginity before, during and after birth. Christopher it, yeah. Chance says over on Facebook,
3: "Joe, I watched the interview with Dallas Jenkins about his portrayal of Mary. Apparently, it resulted from him not understanding Catholic piety." but not wanting to do anything outright blasphemous about her. And yeah, I mean, that's fine and all. I'm not faulting Dallas Jenkins. He's not a Catholic. How can I expect non-Catholics? I fault him for not being Catholic.
4: Oh, well, sure, (laughs) but
3: that's a different argument. I (laughs) Mm -hmm. mean, he's not Catholic, so I would just assume he, of course, wouldn't know, uh, you know, not like Catholic piety, but church teaching, history, tradition, the Bible, I mean, there's a lot of things I I would assume he doesn't have uh, depth uh, of knowledge on. You know, so even Martin Luther had a greater devotion to Our Lady. Let that sink in. Oh yeah, Calvin so, too. Yep. Yeah, So uh, my point, and I'm not faulting Dallas Jenkins. I I actually applaud the effort. I find it very fascinating to try to tell Jesus' story in the in the frame of a television show. I find that incredible and fascinating. And to Josh's point uh, over on uh, was he on YouTube? Josh's makes it says more. Well, maybe more Catholics should. Put more money into the culture war and make shows then. I agree with you, Josh. This has been one of my biggest critiques is there is a ginormous opportunity in the world to create interesting content uh, just on an entertainment level. Like you you can get talking heads, Taylor Marshall and Michael Voris and and us or others. You can get uh, like EWTN or – there is a giant need to just be entertained, too. We all want to go home and we want to be entertained. Yeah. We don't want to live in the news cycle 24-7, right? Yeah. Um, where is the investment on a grand scale to produce high-quality uh, entertainment that's also uh, good, it's well-written, well-produced, and, and the stories are captivating, characters and acting is is high-quality and high-level, like... There is no real budget for that in the Catholic
2: world. You know, one thing I am uh, amazed is that there is not a modern movie of Saint Dominic with the Rosary.
1: Oh, you know, the, yeah. the,
2: the Rosary is you know one of the most uh, popular devotions that the Church has, and yet no one's done anything modern to highlight that episode where Mary appears to to him and and, yeah. and gives him the the you know the, yeah. The, to go and preach the rosary. And there's nothing, there's nothing that talks about that. Maybe I should become a movie movie director. (laughs) If I had money, um, I've said this for
3: a number of years, but if I had money, I've had George Soros, Jesus Robles kind of cash. Okay. uh, There's several movies I would make. um, And I would only hire, like Mel Gibson, I would just hire the best people to make my films. Yes. Um, You know, be the executive producer, let others do the, the, do the, the, the high quality work. But like, uh, I'd make the movie about Ignatius of Antioch, mm-hmm. uh, but I would also make the movie about Roy Benavides. St. Vincent Ferrer. Uh, I'd make the movie about Edward Byers, about Catholics in incredibly difficult situations who incorporate their faith, like uh, Benavides going to Holy Mass before he spent six hours in combat trying to save the lives of eight men. Yes. And nearly dying uh, as a result of that. Like, his, you, uh, you can't separate his Catholic faith with that... Courage. He made the sign of the cross before stepping into the jungle that day. Wow. <clears throat> That's testimony. Like, I would tell that story. An incredible American hero who went to save lives and his Catholic faith played, played a pivotal role. I would make that, but I'd only make it at the highest possible level. Right? You know what I mean? Like, don't tell that story cheap spend the millions you can make an action movie with that an this is my point and
2: and make it exactly. uh saying the holy man
3: yeah th- there's all kinds of opportunities to tell stories i actually wrote a premise for a uh, a small mini series on uh like sort of it feels like a like a you remember this you guys you're old people remember 24 hey so you remember the television 24
2: uh no not really no what Nobody no no about, dude oh my heaven <laughs> i'm not that old
3: oh my heaven yeah, it's I'm, bad I'm that enough old. with
2: Adrian and Janice in the room, who, who
3: <laughs> never knew any single cultural references. I've seen The Lord of the Rings. Oh well, praise God, there's yes. at least that. You don't have to you see go go to Star Wars. Or or yeah, did you see Star Wars? Star Wars. Wars? Okay. Yes. Yes. John. John. Okay. China, China, China. Well, there was a television show called uh, uh, Twenty Four. Uh, the character's name was Jack Bauer. With a Twenty Four. It was. A, it was like a spy thriller. Stop the nuclear bomb from going off. You got twenty four hours to get it done, kind of thing. Yes. Uh, that's kind of the idea, but the concept in my mind is we're living in a time where Catholics are being persecuted and have to go underground in America. Uh-huh. And so there's the and so there's like a character like a Jack Bauer, and then there's this mysterious person who's, who's uh, labeled as a terrorist. Who is he really? That's the question. So I wrote a treaty on that. If I had money, I would pay people to produce a whole television series based on that, where the Catholic faith, the underground Catholic faith, plays a pivotal role. Um, I've seen Speed. Hey now, yeah. uh, that's that's that, with uh, that Bill and Ted, uh, the excellent adventure guy, John Wick, right? <laughs> no, it's about John the bus. Wick. Yeah, that was the guy, that was Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. John yeah. Wick. Yeah, yeah. man. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Party time. <laughs> yes. Have you seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Adrian?
4: Uh, no. I was oh, told yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, it's incredibly are. inappropriate. It is. It is. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Every movie in the eighties and
2: nineties was. Yeah, I yes.
4: tried to avoid those movies as much as possible. <laughs>
2: they, they did a good job with the the most recent movie of St. Francis of Assisi. I think that was really cool. And St. Augustine, oh. the Confessions, that was beautiful. I see that... Uh, no was it dog Clarissa? Clarissa brought up the Padre Pio project with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you guys feel
3: about that? I,
2: I, well, you know Shia. Uh, the, 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 I mean... You know, I, I and, and again, I don't want to judge the guy. Maybe this is the movie that's going to touch him deeply, convert his soul, and become a person of, mm-hmm. of, of, of faith and mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. a proclaimer of the faith. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, but this it could be. It, it might be. You know, he that saint can do a lot of things, and if he's going to use. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf to, to do it. Yeah, amen. I don't mind
4: having Shia LaBeouf as the actor, cause that doesn't like, I'm like, if he could portray him, then he could portray him. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's all I care about in that way. I'm just worried about whether or not they're going to portray Pachapil correctly. That's my question. Uh, because exactly. There is Hollywood. so That's the big much question, nuance it? into the person of Padre Pio. Like, it's so delicate situation. Like, he wasn't, mm-hmm. but he, he wasn't like a mean man, right. but he was harsh with, with certain people. He wasn't a, um, he wasn't like a nice, uh, happy-go-lucky guy, but he was very obedient. Um, yeah. Like there's so much nuance into the person of Padre Pio that it's it's very scary. They can easily portray him in a way that pushes a certain agenda.
2: Now, now it might it might push an, a certain agenda. They might, it might not. Yeah. But if they don't, if they actually do a good job, yeah. Imagine Charles just LaBeouf imagine be that one that kind of talks to the, well, the right. twenty-eight, the thirty, thirty-five yeah. year olds and. Yeah. Kind of brings him in to see that movie. He's had a rough go of it in Hollywood. Yes. He's a kind of a broken person. His story is very, is very powerful. Just the way he came from so much abuse, so much abuse that he lived through his life. Yeah. And for him to be – he went through Hollywood, and I'm sure he's gone through so much, so much drugs. You know, he's been through a lot of rehab. Yeah. So can you imagine Emotional, him coming out of that issues, yeah. and accepting a movie like this? If he's got the right and, influences, oh. if he's got
3: the right uh, consultants about Padre Pio. And as Adrian said, yeah. I too am a little worried about, you know, the right Franciscans telling him about the life of Padre Pio, right? Because ultimately, I'm sure people like Shia LaBeouf come into a project like this – and go, holy smokes! I've never even yeah. heard of this guy. Mm-hmm. He could have even rejected the movie real quick from the beginning. It had I to intrigue him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a huge Padre Pio fan. He's my patron saint, and uh, I've read many uh, biographies. I have many books at home that were written while he was still yet alive about the many miracles and stories. And not that old. And and the times and the times and the times in which he was considered a curmudgeon. Uh, he actually, he had a mission, he had a purpose behind, like, kicking people out of his confessional, mm-hmm. and that was because he could read their souls, and he knew that they were unrepentant, that they came to uh, to test uh, Padre Pio, and because they were not repentant for their crime, he kicked them out until their were, hearts were moved to actually be penitent and come back and confess properly, and in which he, he embraced them, heard their confession, and gave them absolution. Yeah. My, that's where my, I see,
2: my, it, I mean, that's where I see Sha, uh, Shining, his, uh, that, that, um, that just, he's so extroverted in how he does things, mm-hmm. that I think that's going to shine in the movie. The, the character of the saint might just come out through mm-hmm. through this guy. Now, I've seen the interviews, Joe, that they've done to Shay, and they ask him, and he's very fearful mm-hmm. to speak He's actually very, very fearful. Like, I've never seen mm-hmm. him slow down so much when they're talking about something holy. And he, you could tell him, he he's be he's very affected. He's living
4: yes. right now with the Franciscan friars. Um, and that's one of the things that's very interesting. Because if, I don't know anything about the Franciscan friars that he's living with particularly. Mm-hmm. But if these are like really solid, like Franciscans of the Immaculate, for instance. If he's living with them, like this will be a great movie. But it just depends he's on what the. With in- I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if the, um, if he was, but it just depends on who he's getting the influence from. Because yeah. the interview, I saw the interview. I was, I was blown away. He seems genuinely touched. Yeah. by living with the Franciscans and learning about the life of Pio. Exactly. Pia. Um, the other problem I have is something that the TFP talks about often, and I had them give a talk to my youth when I was uh, teaching at Saint Augustine. Um, the the uh, white heresy is what Professor Plinio called white heresy, and that's what he considered um, when they portray the saints in a in like a syrupy, uh, like happy go lucky kind of way, yeah. where they're just like so mm-hmm. they're so pious, but they're not they don't have any they have no vigor. Um, it's all piety but no vigor mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they call white heresy where they show like the saints with like blush like you have like these king saint ferdinand and you have him like a blush his yes. head tilted up and he's like <laughs> hands together and he's like oh i look like and, that every day i get out of bed
3: uh, what are you oh, talking yeah, about yeah yeah
4: but uh that's that's one of my concerns is that they're going to have this like white heresy built into him that mm-hmm. he's going to betray him which you know shyla buff actually uh, he may not do that i mean uh, he's he's mm-hmm. a kind of a rough guy nowadays um, and so he probably he might not do that. But my concern is that they might try to push that idea that he was mm-hmm. like, like the kind of the, the modern portrayal of St. Francis, that he he's an animal lover and he loved the environment, preached to the fishies, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, it's like that's that's white heresy. How do you really feel? I'm, so, just, I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, considering uh, call it called White have, Heresy. Have
3: either of you <laughs> seen uh, Prince Caspian? The, the movie Prince Caspian?
4: Oh, Joe, no, stop it. it. Stop torturing have me. Have you seen no, this? no, I've never seen no? anything like that. No, I don't watch Protestant films. <laughs> <movies. laughs> um, wow. That's, that's Prince great. Prince Caspian? That's very cute. Tolkien. Uh, okay, so Prince Caspian. I not Tolkien. C.S. Lewis. C. <S. C.S. <S. Lewis. C. Lewis.
3: Tolkien C.S. is a Catholic. Sorry, C.S.
4: Lewis. He's the Hello. one that's, you know, Extra case of Anyway,
3: We're running out of time. So Prince Caspian, the film. The actor who plays the bad guy in that film uh played Padre Pio. And he did an excellent job. It's, to date, my favorite version of pa- of a film on Padre, life of Padre Pio, which, by the way, you can watch on the Augustan Institutes uh, formed. Is that a new movie? Is that No, is that it's been new out one? for years. Oh. But he, I mean, he's an excellent actor, huh. and he did a wonderful job with Padre Pio. Very, very good. Huh. Highly recommend it. Now, it's in Italian with English subtitles, but I don't mind. It's very, very good.
2: I can't wait for Mel Gibson's movie. He's supposed to be coming. Do you actually think
3: he's going to come out with that film? I mean, let's talk about it. But do you think it will ever happen? I thought they
2: were recording. Jim Caviezel is seventy eight years old now. How could
3: he play a resurrected Jesus when he's like pretty much in retirement? Maybe someone else do it.
4: No, he he's tasked. (laughs) He's come out and said he's playing the character again. I don't know. I hate the whole old people play movies. It's still it's like super annoying. Like. Stop having like the Irishmen um, and these guys are like eighty, n- nearly ninety years old, beating people up. And I'm like, dude, go yeah, retire.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> go sit on a sit on a boat and go fishing.
3: <laughs> you gotta ask yourself, folks: Have I eaten all my Jello or just some of it? <laughs> go ahead, make my retirement home. <laughs> all right. Enough it. shenanigans for one day. Praise be to God. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Jesus Robles, for coming in today. Gracias, gracias. You were a lot of fun. Praise be to God. Tomorrow, happy feast day of St. Francis tomorrow. And first Saturday, first Friday and first Saturday. Don't forget that. I want to thank Master Chief Edward Byers for uh, his service to our country by being on our show today.